smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. Let's get to it. All right, anyone who's listening, you got to put a seatbelt on. And I'm being dead flipping serious because you know what? I have somebody who came into my world actually as an ACI certification coach. And it sounds so serious, but you know what? The one thing that Brooklyn does is she makes me giggle, laugh, and feel like goosebumps every time I talk to her. So she's going to do it for you right now. Strap on. She is. I have to tell you, I'm so jealous of this. The chief happiness officer of the universe. Like it says in her bio that she's a motivational speaker, comedian, happiness at work expert. I'm going to talk to her and let her explain what she does more precisely. But Brooklyn, oh, are we the lucky? Yes, yes. Oh, listen, this is a phenomenal opportunity. Thank you for having me. Oh gosh. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's just start at the beginning here. If you will, mm-hmm. chief happiness officer, I used to say that when I, like, people are like, what do you want to grow up? What, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be like chief happiness officer. They're like, yeah, sure. And here you are, you doing it. What does it actually look like day in the life? What kind of things do you do? Great question. You know, uh, when I was maybe about six or seven, we had, uh, I grew up with a bunch of dogs and puppies and whatever, and I would gather the puppies and the dogs and my dolls and and everything else. And like, and my, I say dolls, I mean like teddy bears, and everything else and line them up in my room, get my brush and start talking to them. I was like, I, I already knew I'm like, guys, listen, this is not good today. Here you can have a better attitude. And they'd just be looking at me like what? Um, and so I was already speaking and teaching, getting people to laugh right from as a kid. Um, and uh, I remember, I think I've been a comedian for a very long time. And I remember telling my mom, one of my first jokes and, um, and I'll talk about it later, but one of the key things I knew already, I'm like, I want, I want to just work with people. I want to make people laugh in some way. And as I started, you know, to grow up, I actually uh, early, I don't know, maybe my early twenties or whatever. I, I thought I saw somebody had that title and then I Googled it and then I Googled it. And sure enough, I guess Google's has like a, like a chief happiness officer and they're HR people. And you know how sometimes HR people can be, you know, uh, humor impaired, but that's okay. The point is I was like, let's, look at what that means and what does it mean to me? And so, um, as a, as a, and so I just took that title to myself and, and I wanted to make people laugh and find healing through humor. And I thought, look, I'm the chief happiness officer. And my job is to bring happiness and joy. And literally my life path is I'm here to bring happiness and joy. And so every time I, I do a talk, I then say, now you are all chief happiness officers of your life. Yeah, girl. I love that because you know, my mantra is bringing confidence to the world. And if I can give confidence, somebody else can give it, pass it on. Right. You are on that yes. same, same mantra. So let's go back <laughs> teddy bears and all what, like, what was that moment? You were like, Oh, I'm flipping funny. Like, you know, I, I got this. Did you realize it at a young age or how did that happen? Yeah, I did. I did. Well, the interesting thing is that in a lot of comedians, like who was your influence? And at first I didn't know that comedy was the thing. I didn't know that there was a career in it or anything else. I just knew that um, I can find joy and happiness easily through observation. And I had uh, a a very phenomenal uncle 
who was very, very funny. This guy, and but his his humor was literally about anything and everything around him. And one day we were in a car driving, and I was in the back seat, and he goes, "Look!" And we were uh, driving like on a on a on a highway or something, and um, he says, "Look at all those um, look at all those uh, uh like lampposts." He goes, "Wouldn't you wish you were on them? They're going so much faster." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, what, what? And I'm like, that is hilarious. Actually. It's like, yeah, look how fast those, uh, wouldn't you want to be one of those lampposts versus in the car? Because look how fast they're going. And so the, the weird things he would say would make me laugh. And I thought this is amazing. And then one day I'm, I'm Latina. And so one day I, uh, my mom was kind of, kind of having a hard day or whatever. And I said, mom, have you ever noticed that uh, Spanish announcers are talking in Spanish, but they announce the English words so perfectly Señoras, damas y caballeros, bienvenidos al show. Aquí estamos por American Airlines. And I'm like, and she busted a laugh. So she's like, where do you get these things? And so breaking her sadness or her down moment into laughter, I'm like, wow, this is fun. And so it just became a thing. And I would do little shows, not like official, but just little shows for my parents and my family. And I, and I imitated people on TV and I was just a little actor. I thought this is so much fun because it brought me joy. And so as an adult, when I look back, I'm like, you know, where was it coming from? And it was just the, the, the need to bring, you know, fun and creativity out of chaos, right? Because we all have, most all of us have freaking crazy childhoods and whatever. And you're like, how can I make this better? Like, how can I, how, how can I make an impact? And it was by humor. And like I said, I didn't know at the time that, that it was comedy. I just knew that I had a facility, an, an ease and facility to find humor and to just share it. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, being courageous to just say what I was thinking in the moment and find, yeah. and find the, find the beat. Please do keep, keep down. You know, my dad, bless his heart. He, uh, he was a hysterical man. We used to play a game with him, like name the word. And he'd come up, you know, it's some joke that God knows how he reminded, remembered all of them. He missed his calling. Should have been a Borscht Belt comedian, you know, doing his thing. Yes. And I love the fact that you've taken this skill and this mm -hmm. attitude, this mojo, this gift, and you've turned it into a career. And you, you know, you now you're speaking, you're coaching, you're doing all these cool things. And you said it was it's courage, you know, yes. that kind of made you funny. And maybe it's courage that pushed you to say, I gotta do this for a living and I can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. You ever look back over the shoulder and go, oh, I should have gone a different direction, or is there any doubt in your mind? Are you in the I don't know anyone who's made a career out of being um, a, a chief happiness officer with a comedic side. You are one of a kind for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, when I was 16, around 15 or 16 years old, uh, we, so we were also born again Christians, right? So at around 12, we, my, my parents found Jesus. And so I did too, right? And so I'm like, oh, I guess this is, this is what we do. And we do it now. And it was an interesting transition. And I just, and one day my, my dad uh, I remember now, let me go back. I was around 12 and he says, Hey, you're going to do the sermon uh, this weekend. You're going to do the, the main sermon for the population, for the congregation. And my answer was like, heck yeah. Like, okay, cool. And then he, I'm like, well, what do I talk about? He goes, you, you know, take a week, decide and whatever. And I wrote my first sort of talk. I never been in front of an audience like this. It was about a hundred. I remember about 170 people uh, in this congregation. And, um, let's just say he's MC, the pastor, he's the MC. He introduced me and I come onto the stage and I remember taking, I, I was already doing comedy. I, I was, uh, there was like a podium. And so I moved away from the podium and went to the edge of the stage and asked the people, do you want to tap into the genius of God? And people are like, Whoa, you know, at 12, what did you? I'm like, yes. 
And then, uh, and then I went on and, and it was funny. It was interesting. People were just, you know, amen, amening everywhere. And, and right then I thought, Oh, this is it. Yeah. Uh, this is it right here. So again, I didn't know what it was called. And then, uh, uh, and so I did a few sermons here and there and uh, people were just loving it. And people were like, you know, can you bring your daughter back and whatever? So, you know, I, I was getting callbacks in church. Okay. I was getting callbacks. And it's like, bro, bring her back, you know, uh, by, by popular demand. And so it was a lot of fun, but mostly because I was connecting with the spirit and the energy of the people. And I'm like, this is a lot of fun. So then one day I was flipping through the channels around 15, 16 years old. And there was this man on TV, just, just, I thought he was preaching but he just was making me feel good, but wasn't talking about God or Jesus. And I thought, what is this? Back in the day, we didn't have Google really yet. So I had to go library because I got his name and I went to search for who this guy was. Well, it happened to be Les Brown mm. and he was doing a PBS special, right? And I'm like, I, this is, and I looked at the TV right then. I'm like, this is what I want to do. What this guy is doing, I want to do for everybody and everybody. And it doesn't have to be Christ-centered, but it's about making me feel good and believing in myself. Because again, I was trying to figure out not only what I want to do, but how do we elevate our lives from very early? And then um, I decided right then at 16, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. But the first thing I got to do is I got to get old. So I waited and actually it was, it was a, a statement. I said, I got to get old. And because I'm like, I have no experience. I have no life yet. I, I haven't lived anything. People are going to listen to me. And so I got old. And I kid you not, I, I sit around, I'll do it around 40 and almost to the, no, to the day I actually got to meet him when I was 40 live backstage. Uh, so I told the story to somebody and they got me backstage and um, it, it was like meeting my idol. I'm like, you have inspired me my entire life because this is what I wanted to do. Okay. So I knew right then, right. But it, you get signals and signs in terms, in terms of your path. Right. And you just got to oh, pay attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, right. And then as I was getting old. I was learning comedy, right? So I was learning comedy and doing stand-up comedy. And um, I, it was okay, but I found that me going up there telling just my jokes was boring. I'm like, why would, this is not exciting. And then one day I decided I'm just gonna go off the cuff and start doing whatever I wanna do uh, on stage. And then what, when it, it was such a great hit, I thought, how can I do this in a corporate environment? Huh? <laughs> yes. I'm like, because talking to a bunch of drunks is one thing, but right. Talking to sober people and helping them find humor and laughter and join their life. That's another, no. uh, because you know, nobody wants to be in their job. So I'm like, you know, in fact, I want companies to hire me to get people out. That's what I, that's what I want to do, but that's, you don't make money that way. So I'm like, how do I blend the two? And I'm like, chief happiness officer would be the title that people will pay attention to. And I kid you not. I just, I just call myself that. And that's what it is. And so my job was to blend humor and laughter and, and, and comedy uh, in a corporate environment and talk about courage to do that, to get on stage and to have people act a fool on stage in front of their peers. It turns out, Alyssa, I learned this from actually performing in front of uh, middle schoolers. I learned that middle schoolers love to get on stage and perform for their uh, peers. Well, guess what we haven't done, babe? Grow up. And we all love to perform in front of our peers. And so the minute I, one day I just got an idea and I just got on stage, I was doing my, my bit, which is that video I told you about on YouTube. 
was doing something and I asked the question and some woman came up and as she was coming up from the audience, she grabbed her, like she had like a, like a cardigan or like a, like a sweater and just waved it over her head. I mean, this woman was complete sober at 8 a.m. in the morning and she was so excited and people were laughing and she got on stage and she said, and she got on stage. She goes, I had such a migraine that on the way up here, it, it disappeared. Oh God, I love it. You know what I mean? And it's because she was connecting to her humorous soul and was being courageous to get on stage in front of her peers and it made all the difference. And so that's when, you know, I decided, I'm like, this is what I got to keep doing. So once, so once that hit and landed, I'm like, this is what I'm going to keep doing because right. people need this. I mean, you clear, there's no question. I mean, like, you, and you don't need to be interviewed. You can just keep going. I'm just going to sit here and just like nod. And <laughs> awesome. But you know what? Here's the thing. We, our audience, we talk about confidence. You know, this came mm-hmm. through all our, our programs and stuff, you know, that confidence is kind of the root of everything here. And you mm-hmm. keep using the word courageous. I use the word confidence. And the difference that I use is that when you're confident, you have enough information to know that there's something you can do. You're talking about bringing people up where they really are kind of like, just let's do it. And they don't even think twice, or maybe they're not thinking hard and they go and they do. It, and that's amazing. I, I'm, I'm really curious in terms of, um, you know, when you're seeing these people kind of cross that threshold, they get, they get, you know, you were lassoing the, the sweater and stuff, you know, they have these moments of like exhilaration. Talk to me a little bit about some of the longer term stuff that you see as a result, you know, you're going, you do your thing. How does that transform people? How does comedy courageousness, how are these things really, you know, not just in the moment that you show up, but long mm-hmm. after you go, how, what do you hear from people? Such, such a great uh, question. You know, um, a few weeks ago, I want to say, well, well, three weeks ago, I did a, uh, a keynote for a company and this company happens to have a, a technology that is, it, all, 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 of all ironies, is a technology designed for churches, full circle for churches. And I was like, hallelujah, I get to combine comedy and, you know, my religious background to this, into this company. Last night, I get a text from one of uh, from the, the client. And she says, Brooklyn, I don't even know how to where to begin. We need to have a phone call because somebody approached me last night. They were at some sort of event. And this man was so moved by, by what you said and what you did and how you blended faith-based information with technology. He says he's never seen it. Mm-hmm. And it made him think so differently that literally the next day after our event, he, you know, he was working with, with his, with his employees and he started to, to um, not implement, but say some of the things he was saying that I had said to his employees to change the environment, right. To, to find joy, find humor, find the happiness around us. And how do we do it? Long-term effect. And here's what I've discovered throughout this entire process. It's very simple. When people literally give themselves permission, mm-hmm. give yourself permission to be your authentic self. It, it revolutionizes not just myself, but the people around them. Why? Because we are taught from very early, right? From childhood on through to sit down, to be quiet, to be small, to do less, to not be seen. Don't be too much. You're sit down, right? We're, we're pushed down so much that that we have our capacity to do more, but we haven't given ourselves permission 
to do that. So every time I'm on stage, every time it doesn't, it doesn't fail, there will be people that will come up on stage in some way, somehow, and I know it. And those people are transformed because they give themselves permission. The moment they step, even before they get out of the chair, they're like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the person. And that moment of permission it, it, it transcends their, their fear factor. It's like, no, no, I can't because I said, yes, you can. When I got on stage as a comedian, I said, you know, I know how people heckle. No, I, we are going to have a conversation. Yes, you can talk to me. And I give people in my shows and in my keynotes permission. It, I got to tell you, my entire career, I've never been heckled, quote unquote. I get heckled in corporate environments. Like, can we have more? Okay. So, you know, it's, so it's a good heckling. But when people get permission to perform, permission to proceed, and that's it. And that's what I've discovered is people have the permission to be their authentic self. And that's what confidence does. And, and to me, confidence, especially after your training, what it did for me was to, to recognize, oh, wait a minute. Confidence comes when you believe in yourself and then you do the thing. When you have knowledge information, you go, oh, yes, I could. And so that level of permission says, oh, wait a minute. Yes, I can't be in front of people. Yes, I, 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 I am funny. We all have the capacity to be humorous. But what I found that the, the, the strongest emotion uh, to get people that permission is humor and laughter. Yeah. The, oh. the strongest emotion to give people that permission and to do the thing and to become confident is humor. Because, it, because you know, people say that the, the, the closest you can be to someone is laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Your, your brain opens up to love of the other human, right? The minute you and I came on screen, we just love in instantly because there's this sense of, of not just knowing each other, but, you know, sense of joy. And that's what we're looking for is a sense of joy. And when you have joy in your heart or you, you, you engage in it, you give yourself permission to proceed to do whatever you want. Ah, oh, can I say amen, girl? Can amen, I- girl. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, it's really fascinating that you're saying that um, on so many levels. I I think that the permission word is really um, strong right now. In fact, I got asked the other day to do a talk on giving permission to show up to work with their B game, which for me, I was like, what? You know, we're all, we all talk about high performance. We talk about, you know, really doing your best, being, being your best self and all that. And right now, um, and probably for a very long time hereafter, you know, giving yourself permission to do and feel and be who you want to be that minute, that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. I, I want to come back a little bit to the connection of comedy and confidence because yes. um, I, I, I just, I, I wonder how many people are out there that want to be funny. Do you yes. fundamentally believe that anyone can be funny? Well, here's the interesting thing. Let's talk about being funny from a comedic standpoint and just be having humor in your life and, and accepting it, right? From a comedic standpoint, let's just be clear that there, uh, as, a, as a stand-up comedian on stage, it's an art form. And so uh, there are people who say, "Who?" let me just say this. If any, anybody who's listening to, to me right now, I'm going to speak to uncon- your unconscious mind. If you have been wanting to get on stage, grab a mic and look into a dark room full of people and make them laugh, go do it. Just do it. Take a class, which is what I did. Take a class, an eight-week class. Learn how the the mechanics of humor. Um, Watch your favorite comedians. Learn the mechanics, not to imitate them because they're they're models. Yeah. And so there is a craft to comedy. You need to understand, you know, not just the writing process, but the performance process. You need to also understand what happens when you you spend all this time on a joke and it doesn't land. I play with it. I'm like, well, that was too soon. Well, I got to go back on that one. Um, no good. Forget it. Thank you for the feedback. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. It was, it was funnier in my head, whatever. And, and you play with it. And when you're playful, people freaking love you. 
So there's a craft to comedy, stand-up comedy. Now, uh, and, and oftentimes you, you get people on stage who are not, you're like, oh, how is this guy funny? But because the outcome is laughter, right? When you tap into your personal humor, sense of humor, we all have it, right? And here's, here, here's the interesting caveat, back to permission, is allowing yourself to laugh, even if it's just for you, right? Even if it's just for you, it's fun. You find it funny. Forget you find it funny, and then you share it with somebody. You tell somebody, and they find it funny. You sh- because the point of humor, from a human standpoint, right, is to share that because humor is contagious. And the moment that you laugh at something, then you like, people do it all every all day, every day with TikTok and Instagram and sending each other videos. My guy, look at this guy, right? And then you both laugh. You just shared your humor. Yeah. So I, you know, I can technically say I become a chief, you know, humor officer. But sharing humor is giving yourself permission to laugh, permission to experience that joy of what you're watching and seeing. That's a little bit different than being a comedian. So if you want to be a comedian, you go, I can see myself on stage making people laugh, go learn the tools. That's it. You're not gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be, I was gonna say, you're gonna suck. You're gonna be not great in the beginning. And right. But the thing about comedy and confidence is tapping into your truth. Yeah. Yes. Right. Have you, have you seen comedians? You go, Oh my gosh, that is so what true. Right. They say something and you laugh and go, Oh my gosh, that is so true because you experience it. Right. And, and the best of best, best comedians that we see nationally are people who are tapped in, who, who just went deep and tapped into their truth and now are sharing with us, the audience, their point of view in such a way that is comedic, but is true. One of, one of my favorite ones is Wanda Sykes. She's a phenomenal performer. And every time she's talking about you, you watch the top people. It is their life, their truth, their experience. Have they seen it? And they have a twist that makes people laugh. That's, that's an art form. You have to understand what, you know, they, there's mechanics behind it. But if you want to do it when, it, when it comes to the level of confidence, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no more, nothing more confident than you standing on stage and telling the truth, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and that yes. contagiousness, you know, um, that's not to be underrated. I think that your energy, anybody's positive energy, but yours in particular, it's infectious, it's contagious. I remember again, I'll refer to my dad, who really was a particularly hysterical person. You know, he would laugh harder at his own jokes than anyone else. And we would yes. laugh because of that, right? Yes. So, you know, yes. I, I'm just saying, I just, my heart is pounding in such a loving way. So, um, you know, last question for you, cause like, man, I could just talk to you forever. It just makes me so happy. I, yes. You did your job, girl. You did your I, job. I was going to say, I did my job. You did your job. Um, you know, I, I think you gave some really good advice about getting craft and all that and, and just being funny. But I, you know, I think that most people would be nervous to even try and be funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you tell people? Like, how do you, how do you start to be funny? What is the something that you can do? Not as a you know professional comic, mm-hmm. but you want to be a little bit more entertaining. You want to be a little bit more happy for people and give them that yes. contagious warmth. What, what, what do we do? Let me tell you, it's so easy. It's, it's shocking. <laughs> um, it's so easy. It's shocking. And uh, for those of you who are listening, who, who are connected to this and like, oh my God, I, but I have so much humor. It's in your heart. You want to get it out. Here's why people get nervous. It was quote unquote, testing out their comedy or their humor is it's the picture in your head. If you are seeing the picture in your head, if you see, before you do it, if you see people either like giving you a negative response or whatever, that's what's keeping us back. It's the picture in our head of what we think people are gonna do and say, right? And here, here's the kicker. 
And I'm telling you right now, it's so easy. It's going to blow you away. Do the opposite. Put a picture in your mind, full screen video in your mind of what it would be like when you are funny or when you share your humor, people laughing. And here's the thing, even if they don't laugh, notice how you react. You're like, okay, I guess that was not great. It's, okay. It's just for me. The, it's just the picture. It's just the, the mind movie we play in our, in our heads around how something is going to be in the future. We future pace it negatively because our brain has the capacity to do exactly what we picture. And the picture creates an emotion. The emotion creates a physical reaction. And either we do or we don't. Right. So, so I, I always say, if you want to change the results, change the picture. And so if you want to share, um, you know, your humor and so on, and again, the reason why it's, it's so non-technical is because truly, truly, truly your brain operates, your behavior operates based on what you see. Right. And so when people get nervous, the reason why they're getting nervous, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's because watch you're picturing people, you know, ridiculing you, not understanding, putting you down. That's what we picture. Let me, why are we picturing those things? Listen, it's because we're feeling it and the strongest emotion is what drives the behavior. So instead of looking at the negative emotion, go, okay, let me just in my mind's eye, close my eyes and just picture people really responding to what I said and adding to it and making the connection to it. You start already feeling good about it. Like, okay, great. And then, and then what happens almost automatically, your, your brain will say, oh, this is the funny thing. Share it. Go do. It's like, uh, have you seen that movie? Um, inside out, right? The little people in the head, right? That's me. I have little people in my head all the time and they're like, yeah, go do it. And then once, and here's back to what we talk about in confidence. Once you follow through and you do it and it lands, you get excited. You go, oh, let's do it again. It starts to build confidence because now you have enough information that corroborates that you're on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> I love so it. Change the picture, change your life. Change your picture, change your life. On that note, best way to find you because you are infectious. And I know people are going to want to reach out and have you talk for their organizations. Well, it's the best way to do that. Brooklynhappiness.com. That's easy. I love it. Yes. Brooklynhappiness.com. You see all kinds of good stuff in there. And uh, yeah, have a conversation. And you know, here's what I tell people all the time. Even if you just want to laugh, if you're having a moment, I tell it, call me, text me, email me, go Brooklyn, please make me laugh. I will send you a message personally and you will laugh or we get on the phone and laugh. Dang, That's you it. are in trouble now because I'm going to fill your inbox myself. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're out there and you're listening, I warned you, I hope you strapped on because that was a fun, 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 freaking fun ride. And it is uh, just, you know, the, the, I don't even know. I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I'm smiling so hard. My cheeks are... I get to do some really cool things in my career and my work. And when I get to meet people like you, Brooklyn, I, I literally have to like pinch myself going, I'm so freaking lucky. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being part of my world. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Love you and love all the people oh, that we'll meet soon. Right back at you. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again, that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world.
podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.